0: Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas with your hosts, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton.
1: We're back with the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. This is episode 145. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, I'm starting to wonder if
0: that five-star review idea was a bad idea. You know, it's our third... Third, th- three, third year third year doing this three year anniversary on the show today happy Texas Independence <laughs> Day everybody! yeah Texas Independence Day Texas Long Guys Podcast Day and um you know last week we talked about the stress attack season and I'm trying to finish my taxes up now and we asked for roast and uh, Jimmy from Oklahoma old Jimmy he he brought the wood he brought the wood. So, Nate, if, if you could do the honors, please, please tell
2: everyone what. Uh, what hey, do what we want to mean? do good news before bad and read the other review we got in? Oh
0: yes, yes, yes. We did get one from uh, T. Brinkley eighty one. Just found your podcast, really enjoying it. If you ever want a drilling contractor, let us know. Trevor Brinkley with Neighbors Drilling. Trevor, reach out to Nate the Great Hanson, and I'm sure he will get you on the show at some point. So, thank you, Trevor, for that. And uh, reach out to Nate, and his information is in the show notes.
2: Okay. So, Jimmy from Oklahoma.
0: Now for Jimmy. Now, this we, we, we did Jimmy. ask for this. We did. We, we did brought ask this. this on ourselves. And we did say if you left a five-star review, you could update your five-star review and roast us. We did say
2: that as well. Yep, we did. So We'd
0: hope for a few more, a few more yes, five-stars.
2: Maybe, maybe Jimmy will serve as a... Uh, a leader he is well he's a leader the of the clubhouse breaker.
0: right yeah. now he yeah. is he's he's the, the top
2: dog he's the you rose king know, he set the bar high folks the icebreaker so let's let's get at this so um listeners you'll recall that the last time that jimmy left us a review was for the uh the polar plunge and at that time he said that ryan is a podcasting god um The title of this particular review is Ryan is no longer a podcasting god. He has been cast down from his throne there. And the review reads as follows. I met with Ryan the other day, and he told me that he enjoyed making podcasts, but that his producer didn't know a soundboard from his skinny hemorrhoidal rear end, which was (laughs) kind of mean of him. No matter how accurate it was. Of course, Ryan isn't that big of a bully, but Then we all know that he has such a muddy voice and a low voltage intellect that he has to compensate somehow when his relentless pursuit of bigger and even bigger (laughs) microphones, I do not know why he does this, maybe somebody can tell me, fails him.
0: Hold on, hold on, on. let's just just interject here. Never mind, I'm not even even (laughs) going to go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, ahead, keep on.
2: (laughs) Uh, Congratulations, Jimmy! You left Ryan Ray speechless.
1: Is that the end of it, Nate? No, <laughs> no, keep going. No, please. you
2: you wish it was, uh, go. Josh. Not that his co-host does him any favors either. Josh Shelton is a byword out here in the scoop for sounding like he just drank a whole bottle of Windex, and for the fact that you can hear him scratching his beard all the time. Somebody <laughs> get that guy a beard lice treatment. <laughs> Also, Josh can't pronounce a single word that isn't Anglo-Saxon in origin. (laughs) We tested this the other day by asking him to send us a recording of himself saying Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) The thing we got back sounded like a buzzsaw seizing on a knot in a piece of scotch pine mixed with the scream of a bonobo.
0: Cinco de Mayo.
2: (laughs) Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Morda. (laughs) <laughs> of course, when these things aren't a problem, this is the best podcast in the oil and gas industry. Nobody can argue that
0: I just want to say there are bigger mics out there than mine. I'm aware of that, and i've- have come to live with it so just wanted to get that out there that that it was a, it's a long process, but um I've not gotten a bigger mic in a long time because it's just at some point you just got to live with the size of the microphone you have so <laughs> <laughs> Thanks right. for telling everyone, Jimmy. Appreciate right.
1: that. Well, in other news, um, Monday. Did you, did you want
0: to talk about your portion of the review? You didn't want to.
1: You said I you mean, sounded like a bonobo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm. I'll think <laughs> up.
1: He, he, pe- he pegged me on the. <laughs> he pegged me on the the <laughs> beard scratching. I do. I do do that. So, apologies. <laughs> apologies.
0: <laughs> oh, Jimmy, that was very good. Very oh. good. Thank you, sir. That was had just the right amount. of of uh of torching obviously you could have diverted more towards nate and yeah, you know, nate didn't get much he got called a hemorrhoidal skinny ass but <laughs> that, was, that was it so anyways all right let's get into the show thank you for that jimmy five-star review it's roast season people uh april 15th is when these are due by
1: all right so in other news Monday last week February the 24th uh, there was an article that came out price of crude as at its highest level in a month that did not age well that did not age well so that was my Monday article I popped it in and I kept on going about my business we were at $53 closing out that Friday before and uh, and the week just did not go in the direction we would have wanted it to so um, so I have a couple of articles here just to follow up on the way the week worked out. And as we all know, oil prices started to take a tumble. So 25th, the next day, oil dives after CDC warns of impending virus outbreak in the U.S. And oil plummets 16% in its worst week since the financial crisis. That's on the 28th. So that, those two articles kind of sandwiched the week. Um, so it started great.
0: Kinda of this podcast. It started off good, and then Jimmy came in with a tomahawk missile and just just nuked us. Just bang. Yeah, just <laughs> tore kinda, us up, slaughtered. You know, we talked about an anniversary, three years, been doing this. Almost reminisced over some good points we didn't, and then Jimmy came Happy in. Happy birthday, just, guys! Yes, you just, suck. Just, yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks, and yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so Josh, uh, we are up right now. On this, on the, uh, at the time of this recording, at least, which is, you know, ten o'clock on Monday morning, we're up a uh, buck fifty, I think, or no, 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 uh, yeah, we're up three percent this morning, so yeah, 42. It get a forty-four seventy-six on Friday, yeah, so we're at forty-six thirty-four right now. So, drill, baby, drill. Is that what we're saying?
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: not, <laughs> not, not, not quite ready to put the bumper stickers no. back out there, huh?
1: Yeah, so I, I'm, I mean. We talked a little bit about this coronavirus, Ryan, and we, the, you know, the original thought was this really shouldn't
0: have that big of an impact on the market. Yeah, that didn't age well either. That didn't age that well. Didn't, didn't <laughs> 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 Which age worse, our comment on that or the crude hits the all-time high? I mean, the the, the really high. I think our comment is probably the worst of the two there.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. not age well. Yeah. The coronavirus has uh, been a catastrophe, so... Uh, well, Ryan, we always talk about how some of the people in the stock market, how they can take oh, North yeah. Korea says they're going to meet with Trump in oh, yeah. six years and oil price responds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are things that uh, with the with the market that are volatile, but sometimes we don't account for how powerful that can be. And, and the way the market is responding to this virus is definitely putting pressure on a lot of E&P companies.
0: Well, yeah, if you go, kind of go back here. So obviously this isn't a... Uh, we, we were, Whatever we said about it, if we diminished it, we were wrong, because obviously the impact's there. So let's let's kind of recap the thinking, though, so we can get, get it up to speed. Originally, it kind of came out, and the, the rate it was spreading at it seemed to be at a lower pace than what you would see with SARS or something like that. And the death rate was really low, and the death rate still is really low. We'll get to that in a second. So you go, okay, you know, China may shut down for a little bit, and then things will kind of get back to normal. What we're seeing now is, and we're talking about—I you know, don't know if we're talking about death—but Sarah Week is getting canceled this week, and you're seeing people, you know, not doing things. Well, that actually starts to have an impact on the supply because the demand is literally weakening, like it's you know, less demand because people aren't doing stuff, and so we're starting to see that at scale now. And so, at the same time, what you're not seeing is a hundred rigs come off the market to balance that out. So if you had, I don't know what the magic number is, fifty, hundred, whatever, you know, twenty-five, I don't know, whatever the X number of rigs come off the market overnight, well, the price wouldn't take the hit, but that's not what's happening. Um, so you see maybe maybe a few rigs here. We'll talk about in a minute with the Alpine High stuff, but you're, so you're not seeing that, and so um, the strain on demand is longer than maybe we than we definitely initially thought it would be, and it's getting a little bit more widespread. And now we're kind of in the hype period where it feels like. We've had what two deaths in the U.S. now, I believe one this morning and one last week. But both of those were high-risk patients that were really that were you know, I'd say old, but um, older folks, um, and that seems to be who the virus mainly kills. Most people that get it get it, and it sucks for whatever it is a week or two, and then three weeks whatever it is, and they go about their business. So it doesn't seem to be a catastrophic um, um, death rate. And I'll put put perspective. I was listening to the BBC has a BBC in Africa podcast. And they were talking about uh, last week, maybe um, Nigeria. I can't remember what was the Western African nations. And they said, "Are the people there concerned?" And they're like, "No, we had Ebola. <laughs> this is nothing." And so you know, there are certain parts of the world that look at this, and go, "Okay, well, we don't want it here." But compared to some of the diseases we've dealt with, this really isn't that bad. The problem is, though, even though the death rate in not high, Josh, the, re- the market reaction is is substantial, and so we can't you can't deny that at this point. And you know, how long will it go? I don't know. How will it impact these companies? I don't know. Um, but we do know it is something that, that we had to sit here and kind of ride out. We, we got a call from one of our clients the other day saying, hey, prices are low. We're going to have to sit down and talk about some restructuring of things because the price is just too dang low. And so um, the, the best thing would be is for things to return back to normal as soon as possible. Because what we don't want to happen, especially from our listener standpoint, what we don't want to happen is is rigs start falling off um, so there's two ways to solve it, right? You increase the demand. Okay, the demand comes back up, and you, you start you start putting a hill in the supply, or you start siphoning from the supply, or, or lowering the what's going into supply to match the demand. Well, if we lower the supply for us, that means you know less work, less jobs, less taxes to the government, all those things. And so we hope that it did not come to that. But uh, if it goes on long enough, you might start to see some of that that happening here in the great state of Texas and New Mexico.
1: You mentioned uh, you mentioned Sarah Week. That is a uh, conference that they usually have every March. Uh, IHS market uh, organizers they canceled the event Sunday uh, due to fears of growing number of coronavirus
0: cases around the world. So um, I hate to do it. I think Sergio broke the story though. So we'll give him we'll give him an attaboy. Yeah. So yeah. Good job, Sergio. Sergio. Yeah, well, a- there you and go, Sergio, you're back. And back
1: this, is, this is where you see, uh, you know, the impact on demand. I mean, this pulls people from all over the country. This is lots of, you know, not only money being
0: invested. Right, it's a microcosm of the larger problem, right. You start seeing, well, international folks, because this is, as you mentioned, it's an international conference, folks flying into Houston, and they're like, okay, we're not going to do that. Well, if they're not doing that, and they are the elite, then the common guy's like, hmm, God, if this guy don't want to do it, and he's scared of getting the coronavirus. And I probably don't want to do it too, right? This makes sense that people would think that way. So, um, as you see cancellations of events like these, that does trickle down to the to the regular person because um, they're gonna go. well, Good gosh, this guy went flying for some big ritzy conference and you know rub elbows and all that stuff. Then I definitely don't want to get it.
1: It makes me wonder too. So right now, with uh, the way the way the president is handling the coronavirus in the country he's downplaying the severity of it and the way it's impacting the country um in many ways so a lot of people on the on the left criticize him for the way he's handling it because he's not being aggressive enough he's not going into the hype i mean if people were to take him seriously
0: would the market stop responding the way they are uh I, I, well if you take him seriously the market i think is worse i mean you really only have a couple options right the first option is is you know clean your hands because we don't have a vaccination so clean your hands um you know and go do go live your life normally but clean your hands okay so that's that's one option and the mask deal just so everybody's clear the mask is to, keep, is to prevent the spreading of it not from getting it so the mask you know you, so you say get a mask clean your hands but go about your life as normal okay that would have the least impact on the economy but everything other than that starts to slow the economy down. Stay at home. Don't send your kids to school. Don't go to work. Don't buy. Right. So, if you treat it when, and I don't know what the what the media the media is, is like the dumbest folks on earth. So I don't listen to them. But I don't they won't. But what you would see is is the demand um, would be worse. Uh, it, it would lessen. And so if if we, if we, if the United States just duplicated what China did instituted martial law. Oil prices would be done. Like it would be, yeah. it'd be cataclysmic because all of a sudden then the U.S. economy would go. whoop. You know, we'd be having to get Uber Eats and all this kind of crap. You know, delivered. You know, it, it'd be it'd be terrible. Um, so, yeah, when the media says, "Well, we want them to do more," well, what do you want them to do more? Because um, if you want them to, to lock everyone in, shut the borders down, lock everyone in, and do like China kind of did, well, okay, that's fine. But just realize that's really going to be. Um, a bad thing and then what's going to happen just kind of run this out let's play this plays out more than the next three months if you if the price dropped to 20 which i don't think anyone thinks it is but it could anything happen it drops to 20 for a substantial amount of time you start seeing companies go off the market right you know prices start to fall companies can't afford you have massive bankruptcies um well eventually this coronavirus is going to go away it's not going to be what's the 1918 pandemic or 1911 pandemic what was the last one they had it had the three cycle deal anyways.
2: Yeah, Spanish flu, nineteen 1918.
0: Yeah, 1918. So yeah, they kinda had a three-cycle deal. I don't think there's any reason to believe it's gonna be as bad as that or anything near nearly that bad. But let's just let's just start working this out. So summertime comes around, usually the flu goes away. We don't know if the coronavirus will go away in the flu time or not, but okay, let's just say it does. Okay, well people start going back to work and you take vacation time and then you got school that you missed and all of a sudden now you have a, a lot of demand coming back on the market. You quit you potentially quit drilling which means that you're going to have a supply shortage right so you can see where an overaction one way could actually really be a boost for oil prices but the one thing we talked about since we started the show Josh consistent level prices is the best thing for um, for the industry and um, you know prices getting down to this range I don't watch the prices too much but this is kind of the range where you go oh man you get, you're gonna start to see the headlines you know we said 50 to 55 aren't great but they're doable it's it's where everything kind of stays normal Um, You get to the 40 to 45 range, you're going to start to see the headlines shift if they're prolonged for that period of time. So hopefully, um, you know, we'll have some good news on the coronavirus front. Uh, And, uh, you know, I'll say for me personally, I got a trip tentatively scheduled to Africa, and I'm still planning on going. So that's me personally. So uh, I'm not not going to Africa because of the coronavirus. And so... uh, I, unless unless they don't want me to come or, or something like that happens, but I plan to go. It, it's not going to stop what I'm doing. And so I think uh, the leaders need to also keep in mind that, hey, these not, and I'm not obviously comparing myself to them at all. I'm trying to make that analogy, but I'm just saying that people need to consider if Josh is your buddy and he's like, hey, I'm not going somewhere because of the coronavirus, that's going to have an impact on you because i may go, well, dang, if Josh ain't going, then I don't want to go. So it just gets magnified when you look at these folks at Sarah Week. And so um, just, keep, just keep that in mind, folks, when you're out there. Just make sure you're doing what's best for you and your family, of course. I'm not telling you what to do. But also remember that uh the death rate is is pretty insignificant. And so um if you get sick and die, don't call me also. That's uh that's Nate's fault. Yeah. So uh
1: there's another article that came out. Apache calls it quits on Alpine High after a three billion dollar charge. So they could have given it
0: to us. I would take it. I would take just, you know, half of it. Be fine. We've been here week over week for three years now. We broke this story, as we break it. We talked about the story when it came out on our show, remember? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, so we we pulled up some uh, some numbers, and how many rigs do they have running out there, Ryan, um, in Alpine High? I think Nate looked it up this morning, and we had ten in the Permian, five of which were dedicated. to Alpine High is what they would
2: said. Uh, Twelve in the Permian actually, but that was five
0: five to Alpine High. Yeah. So yeah, so I don't know if they've I don't I haven't read what they've said that what they're gonna do with those five rigs. If they're gonna move them to somewhere else, so if they're gonna you know. Wind them down, or I don't don't know what's going to happen with those those five rigs, but um, but that's five rigs on the market, of course. It's not five rigs that are flowing, (laughs) you know, tons of barrels of oil either. That's the problem, it's not like it's uh high quality rigs because Apache would keep doing it. And this is, you know, I've heard and I'm not this is no insider information. I've heard from people who know better than me for a while that the Alpine High stuff was kind of shaky, and so I'd kind of wondered, um, you know. Uh, and there was media reports about it. it was, again, this isn't any kind of special inside baseball here. I just had kind of heard some stuff, and you always kind of wonder, you know, uh, is this is this really as bad as they think it is, or or not? A lot of smart folks over at Apache, so um, uh, you know, Haiti didn't work out for them. And uh, well, you know, I think they're moving to offshore folks now, right? And that's going to be not 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 ex- not explicitly, but um, they're they're changing to uh, look more towards. Uh, Offshore, Didn't, is that I think it's what I read.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're look going to Egypt and uh, one other spot that they're going to be targeting. So, I, what one of my questions, Ryan? Obviously, if gas prices was ten dollars, you know, sure. it, it it would have been successful. Mm. Um, but I wonder, given where prices were when they originally made their, predi- their predictions, I don't think gas prices was really the main problem there. Um, what they're saying is that the the uh, the improvements, the productivity improvements that they were expecting just never materialized. And I wonder if they know why. Like, what was the cause? I know they talk about the ability to transport and have an infrastructure there. But at some level, there was a problem with the uh, the production, um, that they just didn't have the production improvements they needed. I wonder if it had to do with uh, sort of rock, or uh, was it due to just not having as much reserves like in the ground? Was it cost too much to get it out? Or, um that's some of the stuff that we really.
0: Well, if you go back real quick, just to catch you off. if you go back to March 10th, let's pull something up real, real, real quick. March 10th, the natural gas prices was three dollars. Today it's a buck uh, three. Yeah, that <laughs> that could have something to do with it. It obviously didn't help it, but yeah, the, the ratio, um, you know, I think I think go back to what Anas said. You know, he was talking about on about the about the crude quality and the shell quality. It looks like they got hit from both sides on that deal they didn't have good crude they didn't have good quality uh, crude and they also had low quality shale uh, as far as the ratio oh, so um, i saw a tweet by anas where he said that he would not be
1: surprised if oil prices rebounded to where they were last week by the end of this week hey. so
0: uh, that's a glimmer of hope hey. for you if it's wrong hey. tweet anas uh, hey Speaking of Glimmer of Hope, this week Nathan will be working on the Speakner series. <laughs> we have been storing up a plethora of Speakner text on, uh, that he sent in, and so they are gems, and so hopefully we'll start releasing those. We're not sure exactly how we're going to do it, um, but we're going to probably maybe a little, dr- uh, dr- was it dramatic, dr- dramatized? What's the word I'm looking for? Big word here, fellas. Um, Josh, not Josh, but Nate.
2: Dramatized. Yeah, yeah.
0: dramatized. Maybe a little music. I don't know. We have to figure... We're going to figure out how we're going to do it, but uh, but it should be should be good and interesting, and uh, you get to hear what Speakner says. We figured that'd be a good way to not have to uh, interrupt the show for all of his Prophet of Doom stuff. But he has some he has some good ones. So uh, <laughs> amazing things. So be sure we'll put that on the, on the LinkedIn page, and uh, you guys can check out Speakner, Prophet of Doom uh, newest series. And and oh oh oh. oh. We do have an announcement we're working on, and uh, if we get pulled this off, Speakner said that he will reveal his name to us, so we will get to find out who the mythical Speaker is, um, and so the question is, is he older than 14 years old? Because, you know, we've talked about this, you know, Speakner could be the 14-year-old with the Robin Hood account who's just, like, crushing it and um, doing it, or on the opposite in the spectrum, he could be Carl Icahn. It, it's somewhere, it's somewhere in between. He could be Buffett. This could be Buffett, yeah. you know, reaching in, and so... Um, I'm not sure which one of those he is. And uh, speaking, you're probably going to murder me for saying he's a 14-year-old boy. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but there it is. So be sure to check that out. All right, our buddy, uh, David Blackman, he had two articles that came out with
1: Forbes this week. The first one came out on Monday, the 24th. Uh, and here he talks about, so life outside the Permian, new report shows other U.S. crude oil basins stagnating. Uh, so he mentions the Rockies and the Bakken in focus and he talks about the difficulties in the Bakken because of uh, the constrained price environment. Um, He mentions a few other uh, plays and how the the Permian is really where most of the focus continues to remain. Uh, Like I said, that came out Monday the 24th, so that was the same day that oil prices were at their highest in a month. Uh, He released another article on the 26th. And it is the oil and gas situation. Time for alarm
0: has arrived. <laughs> Dang it, David! You know what? I was holding on. I was holding on until David Blackman put this out, and it's like, okay, well, David's saying it. The end is near. Then David says that we shall run to the hills. Yeah, and he's uh,
1: he's usually not one to. Uh say that too too quickly. So he says, uh, even he starts it off, I'm no fan of alarmism, whether it be about energy, environment, or any other subject. The situation for the domestic oil and gas industry has grown somewhat alarming over the past two months. Uh, since early January, S&P oil and gas index has plunged 32%. Uh, so there's a couple of quotes in here. Uh, the one at the end, Ron, is particularly uh, noteworthy, where he says, as reported by the Financial Times on Monday, Bank of America ne- Bank of America noted that U.S. energy stocks are now underperforming those in the S&P 500 by the biggest margin since the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor in December 1941. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not I'm not a an expert.
0: expert. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, yeah.
1: That's a long time. That's like
0: that's like 80 years. Uh, that uh, yeah. So the vodka Murger probably wasn't even going on back then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, so uh, not great news there. You know, we, we we like having David on the
0: show, but I'm not sure we can have him on anymore with with that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, uh,
1: you got to retract that, you know, all that David. You got to put some good news out.
0: No, it is it is a it is a piece, and I think again, I think the reality is if prices if Anas is right and prices, I I didn't see the tweets, so I don't know. I'm Just taking Josh's word for it here. I, listener beware. If if Anas is right and the prices do rebound back to 55, um, you know, then I think you know we can take a deep breath, go okay, whew. Yeah, you know, here we go. But on the flip side, if you get around and you say, um, you know, for some reason, let's just throw out some crazy hypotheticals that could happen. OPEC comes out this week. I think their meeting's on Thursday or Friday this week. They come out and go, "We're going to increase drilling." Yeah, she ain't coming back. She gone. You know, <laughs> if if you have a if you have like a massive inventory build and and OPEC comes and says, we're, "We're we're keeping drilling the same," you know, prices could be trouble. What you want to see this week is a couple things. You want to see the inventories either not go up or level off, um, you know, it's just kind of a, uh, you know, not much of a change. You don't want to see a massive build; That wouldn't be good. And you also want to see news from OPEC um, that says that they're going to cut. Now, I'm, I'm, I hate saying that OPEC needs a cut because OPEC's over here looking at us going, you guys need a cut. So I, I understand that it's it's, you know, it's kind of hard to tell someone, hey, you need, to, you need to give up money. But for the market standpoint, it would be good to see an OPEC cut, a substantial cut. Um, and I don't know. I'm sure Ellen will have a lot of thoughts on what they're going to do. On Energy Week this week, but you know, that's the kind of things you want to see. And the final thing is, you want to see is that the coronavirus again, you know, the the tides turning because as quick as this stuff builds up, it's gone overnight. I mean, it really is. It's it's, so one day you wake up and you're like, oh, okay, remember Ebola? I mean, you know, that was like, doom, 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 doom. The guy in Dallas, I think, that died. And then it was like, you know, fever pitch, Ebola. And I I mean, you're like, okay, what's this Ebola deal? And the next thing, you know, whoo. It's gone, and that's how most news stories are. I mean, most news stories they, they build up, and then they're gone. And um, and so you know, um, hopefully we'll. I don't know what kind of story it needs to take, you know, but you know, uh, if if it's something from the Chinese government that says that they, they feel better about it or, or whatever, but um, you know, those would be three things this week that you'd like to see that get kind of get the ball rolling back in the right direction.
1: So just for reference, OPEC meeting is March the fifth. That's Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Well, so, it
0: will be probably thir- it'd probably be through the weekend. Yeah.
1: So yeah. So we'll probably cover it Monday next week. We'll yep. have some, hopefully, have some updates on it. Uh, the report that I saw, they're planning to cut 1.2 million barrels. That was, we don't know that. So that's that's they may not, they may up it. You know, so we never know what they're going to do. But that seems to be the expectation going into the meeting from what I saw. Uh, so Ryan, time for the roundup. Uh, big shout out to Stephanie again this week. She Stephanie sent, the intern. She sent us in a lot of articles, so we have a lot of things to cover. It,
0: it's funny how consistent and good she is at her job. I'm not gonna throw out names. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just saying it's she's good and she's consistent. Stephanie the intern. So Stephanie, thank you. Um, and and we I think we need to put a moratorium on on roasting Stephanie. She's new to the show, so if the if you do send in the five star review at the roast, she can't. She can't take any heat. Now, you could say something like, wow, the show's quality has gone up since Stephanie came <laughs> on. The, article, the articles were actually learning about her so much better than when Josh was doing it. You could say something like that. That's okay. But um, you know, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sway people one way or another. I'm a neutral party here.
1: So, EOG aims to grow premium inventory uh, and test new plays. So, they are testing six oil and gas prospects this year. Um, Kiyomichi was one. There was a couple of others. Uh, We'll link that in the show notes for you to check out. Oxy Petroleum reports $965 million loss in 2019. That's pretty pretty, uh, common across the board. Uh, Fourth quarter 2019 was pretty tough. Centerpoint earnings double as interim CEO says he has no plans to step down. Here we are. Chesapeake run, 27 cents stock isn't too cheap to sell. So uh, Chesapeake was down to 27 cents on February 28th. Hey, can we
0: put together a fund, like, I don't know, a million dollars and pump it up, that thing? Like, listen, this is for entertainment purposes only. Entertainment purposes only, strictly here. But, you know, we get like a million dollars, buy a bunch of Chesapeake stock, and, you know, get it up like, you know, 30 cents or whatever it is, 10, 20 cents, and then sell it. We'll pump and dump. I'm game in an entertainment purpose only aspect. Like, not, I mean, I, you know, Yes, for the sake of science and experimentation, modeling, we'd like to know.
1: Yeah. Well, you give me the million, I'll take a 10% cut and handle all the the work for you. Uh, I'll get it in and get it pumped, get it dumped. And uh, (laughs) 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 Uh, Trump ready to end Chevron sanctions waiver in Venezuela. Uh, Not much to comment on here. Just wanted to note that um, it might be an interesting story to follow. Uh, A fracking ban would cost every American family $5,000 per year. Um, I have no way of uh, of knowing $5,000 per year, a fracking ban. So this is Texans for Natural Gas. There was an economic impact study that was done by API. um, And uh, we we can link this in the show notes. We we may comment some more on this. This came out... um, I I just saw it uh, not too long ago, so I haven't had time to read the whole report. It's 12 pages, a fracking band study. EIA expands data uh, on capacity and usage of power plants, electricity, storage systems. We'll link that in the show notes if that's something uh, you're interested in. Trafigura forms venture with Phillips 66 for Deepwater Texas Oil Port. Uh, so they said on Friday it had formed a joint venture with Phillips 66 to build a major deep water port in Texas capable of handling super tankers. We haven't got an update on uh, some of the, some of the port, uh, Ryan. That would be something to make note of. We hadn't covered that in a couple of couple of months, it seems like. Uh, Chenier earned 648 million profit in 2019 amid growing natural gas demand. That's good news. Uh, EMP technology flow assurance in the digital laboratory. So uh, over the last several years, there have been an unprecedented increase in paraffin related challenges in the world of production chemistry uh, production of the, the easy to treat crude oil declines. Industry is transitioning its focus to the more challenging crudes. Apache, layoffs impact Midland office. So not only did uh, Apache pull out of Alpine High, uh, back in October last year, they announced Uh, layoffs and that is having some impacts on the Midland office so they uh, this report kind of goes in some details about um, what's going on with the Midland office and some of the changes that are taking place. Apache reports surprise adjusted profit on higher shale output so this uh, February 26 is when this um, some of this report uh, reporting was done so, I'll link this in the show notes if you're interested in following some of Apache's news. Um, this is a, a good thing to check out. And with that, Ryan, I think uh, I think that wraps us up for the day. Is there anything else we wanted to hit on before we wrap it up?
0: Five star review, roast this. If coronavirus stresses you out, oil prices stress you out, Josh and Merck stresses you out, whatever it might be, five star roast season is upon us. Um, you have until Tax Day, April 15th, 2020. Happy three-year anniversary, Josh. It's been a good three-year run. Hopefully we're around for, uh, you know, three more years. I didn't include Nathan in that, but uh, hopefully me and you are around for another three more years. And uh, and until next time, keep on